You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today we are starting a brand new series that we're calling Truly Free, a series that is all about freedom. And uh, truthfully, this is not hype. This is not hyperbole. Like truly, like I don't know if I've ever been more expectant for a series than for this one. I am so expectant that God is going to do something so significant in your life, in my life, and in our church, maybe like never before. And I'm just, I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart that he's going to do something significant in your life over this series. And it's going to be a long series. It's a 10-week series. But I want to go ahead and right off the bat, I really want to challenge you to be here every single week of this series. A lot of the messages will really build on top of each other. And I just want to encourage you that let's dedicate 10 weeks to be able to say, God, what do you want to do in my life so that I can experience freedom like never before? Because this series is for people who want to experience freedom like never before. This series is for those who feel like you've had your joy, peace, and hope robbed from you. This series is for those who have an area of your life where you feel completely powerless and stuck. This series is for those who find it so easy to drift for God or for those who feel like living for God always feels uphill. See, this series is for those who feel a constant gravitational pull towards your old life, your life before Jesus. And this series is for those who repeat the same unhealthy patterns and habits, thought processes, sins over and over and again. Those who have promised God, I will never do that again. But no matter what you do, no matter what strategies you take, no matter how hard you try, you keep doing that again and again and again. See, this series is for those who relate so much to this verse in Romans chapter seven, verse 19, that says, I want to do what is good. I want to live for God. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. See, this series is for those who are constantly weighed down by guilt and shame and regret. This series is for those who can't move on from something that has happened in the past. See, this series is for those who've been hurt. And as a result of you being hurt, now you live your life every single day carrying around emotional baggage of unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment. See, this series is for those who are smiling on the outside. You show up at church and there's a big smile on your face. You go to your job and there's a big smile on your face. You get around your friend group and there's a big smile on your face. But deep down behind the scenes, man, like your life, your life is hard and you're dying on the inside. So if any of that is you, if any of what I just described describes your life, smile. Because I got some good news for you. And that's that Jesus has the power to set you free. In fact, our theme verse is John chapter eight, verse 36. And it says, so if the son, if Jesus, if he sets you free, you're not just free, 
You are truly free. You just don't experience a little bit of freedom. You have the chance to experience whole, complete freedom. You can be truly free. And that's what I'm praying over you and me and our lives over this series. Because listen, Jesus not only came to save you, Jesus came to set you free. And that's what this series is all about. And today, I want to kick off this series by sharing really a foundational message that I've never actually shared before, not just at our church, but ever. But it is a message that has deeply, profoundly impacted my life. In fact, when I heard the content of this message, the very first time I ever heard it, it has changed my life from that day until this day. And that's what I'm praying and hoping. So today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, we're going to answer this very, very important question, and that is, how am I going to approach God? It's a very, very important question. How am I, how are you going to approach God? Because believe it or not, how you answer this question has the ability to impact every single area of your life, including your freedom. But let's start with some theology going all the way back to the second story of the Bible in Genesis chapter two. Now, the first story, you all know that story. The first story in the Bible is creation. Genesis chapter one is where God creates the heavens and the earth and everything in it, including people. But the second story of the Bible in Genesis chapter two is when God gives people a choice. And let's read about that in Genesis chapter two, starting in verse eight. It says, then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of that garden, he placed two trees, and the Bible describes two specific trees. First, the tree of life, and then second, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Skip to verse 15, it says, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat from the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And by the way, he's not talking there about a physical death, he's talking about a spiritual death. Now, a lot of people, they, especially if you've grown up in church, you maybe have been taught or maybe you even think about this story and you think about those two trees as there's one tree that's a God tree and then there's another tree that's an evil tree. So there's a good tree and there's a, a, a bad tree. But that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say that, that the tree they couldn't eat out of is the tree of the knowledge of evil. It says it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So that means it's not just the knowledge of bad things. It's also the knowledge of good things. But I want you to notice when you read through those verses that God only instructed them to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He never told them to not eat from the tree of life, which means that they had the green light to eat from the tree of life, almost like God was leading them towards one specific tree that would have been good for their soul. Now, next comes the third story of the Bible. So the first story of the Bible is creation. The second story of the Bible is a choice. Then the third story of the Bible 
is actually temptation. And we see this in Genesis chapter three, starting in verse one, it says the serpent, which is, represents the devil, that he was the shrewdest of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden, which was a lie. And by the way, the devil is still doing the same exact thing today. He's lying. He's trying to distort God's word because he knows that if he can get you to doubt God's word, he can get you to doubt God. And so he's saying, oh, don't believe that. That's old. That's out of date. That doesn't count anymore. You should doubt that. He's doing the same exact thing today. And then here's what's her response. It's like, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. And then he goes right back to lying and distorting what God said. You won't die, the devil said. God knows that your eyes will be open. Oh, you gotta get this. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Here's what I want you to notice, church. He didn't appeal to her sin nature. In other words, he wasn't trying to get her to do bad things. He wasn't saying, come on, Eve, come over here and be a bad girl. Like, do all the bad things. You just be evil. Ah, like, that's, that's, not, that's not what he did. He didn't say, just be a bad girl. Like, no, listen, he appealed to her desire to be like God. He, let me put it this way, he appealed to her desire to be godly. He appealed to her godliness, not her desire to sin. And here's why that is so important. Because you can desire godliness and still miss it. Like, you can live for God, but have the wrong approach. You can do the same exact things, but with the wrong motive, and it changes everything. Because how many of you know that it's not just what you do that matters, but it's why you do what you, what you do that matters? And so he's saying, like, you, you, you got to get this. Now, the woman, here's where she was convinced. And she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover up and to cover themselves. And by the way, that's what shame always does. Shame will always cause you to hide. More on that later in this series. So in these verses, the Bible talks clearly about two trees mentions two trees by name. First, the tree of life, and second, the tree of the knowledge and good and evil. And here's what I want you to see today, and that's that those two trees represent the two approaches that we can have to God. Are you going to approach God through, through the tree of life, or are you going to approach God through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Now, let me explain these two approaches because I wanna make sure that you understand these two approaches. And let's start with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is when I approach God through the knowledge, through, through my knowledge of good and evil. 
It's when I come to God through my knowledge of good and evil, which means I approach God based on what I can cognitively understand that I approach God based on my knowledge of good and evil, on my understanding of what is right and wrong. And here's why that's so important, because that means that I can only experience God to the level of my own understanding. That means I can only experience God up to my level of my own knowledge. But here's the tension that I feel with that, because no matter who you are, no matter how smart you are, no matter how educated you are, no how many books you read, no matter how many podcasts that you listen to, no matter how many degrees you have hanging on the wall, it doesn't matter who you are. Like none of us can fully, like ever, that we can never fully know and understand everything about God. There will always be some things about God and life that we don't understand. There will always be questions that seem to go unanswered. There will always be some doubt that exists, there will never be a time in my life and in your life where we won't desperately need faith just for a little bit this side of heaven. In other words, you as the created will never be able to fully understand your creator on this side of heaven. And that's why God says this in Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight and nine, God says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And the truth is, if God, if all of God has to fit into this very limited, very limited, finite brain, then the truth is God is not a very big God. And this is the tree. This is the approach that to God that, that Adam and Eve took in Genesis chapter three. And when they took that fruit and they, they, they took that one bite of fruit, it changed everything and it is still affecting us today. And here's how. It's so important that we get this. With that one bite of fruit, we gain the knowledge of good without the ability to do it. And we gain the knowledge of evil without the strength to avoid it. And that's what was so significant about what happened in Genesis chapter three. Because in that moment, with that one bite, we gain the knowledge of good without the ability to do it. And we gain the knowledge of evil without the strength to avoid it. And that's why we can't approach God through our limited knowledge of good and evil. But thank God that there's another tree and there's another approach. And that's the tree of life. And the tree of life is when I approach God through the life that God has to offer. This is where we approach God the way that he intended from the very beginning. And, and it's where it's an approach that would allow us to experience what our souls are craving for, and that is real, true life. Now, if you go back to Genesis chapter three, and if you keep on reading in there, you will see that one of the consequences of their decision in that garden was when, whenever they ate from the wrong tree was that God banished them from the Garden of Eden and, in, and also the tree of life. So get this, in one garden, a decision was made that cut us off from the tree of life. But thousands of years later, in another garden, 
the Garden of Eden, I'm sorry, the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said yes to God's plan. And there he died on a cross to pay for our sins and then rose from the dead three days later. Church, which gave us a direct access again to life and the tree of life. Because the tree of life is not just a tree, it's a person. It's Jesus himself. See, that's why in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. One chapter later in John chapter 15, he again, he says, I am the true vine. Like, I am the tree. And then he says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that I have come that they may have life and life to the full. And that just doesn't mean eternal life one day. That also means abundant life right now. He says, I have come. I am life and I've came to give life and life to the full. So here's another way to say it. The tree of life is when I approach God through Jesus. When I approach God through Jesus. And when you do that, church, you will experience life and life to the full. Now, here's what's so important. Because the first three stories of the Bible are also the first three stories of your life. So the first story of the Bible, creation. Second story is a choice. Third story is temptation. That's the same story of your life because you were created and you were born. Second, you were given the same exact choice. How am I going to approach God? And then three, the devil tries to get you to always make the bad choice. And so you gotta get this because right now, Every single one of us, we are always operating out of one of those two trees. Every single day, every single moment, we are operating out of one of those two trees. You're either living your life, like right now, you're either living your life and making decisions, you're doing things either in the tree of life, or you're doing things in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the big question that I would have is, so how do you know? How do you know what tree I'm actually living in? How do I know the actual approach that I have to God that I'm actually taking right now in my life? Now, I don't have a ton of time, but I do wanna rapid fire and give you some of the differences between the two trees and the two approaches to God. So buckle up. I'm gonna give you a lot of content in about 15 minutes, okay? But, it's, uh, but it'll help paint the picture uh, and kind of put some, descriptions of this is what life looks like in this tree, and this is what it looks like in the other tree. So let's start here. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil says, I have to do more for God to get more from God. So it's this mentality that I have to always do more for God to be able to get more from God. So I got to pray more. I got to read my Bible more. I got to go to church more. I got to serve more. I got to give more. I got to do more, 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 so I can earn something from God that I don't currently have. And somewhere deep inside, the reason why you approach life that way is because you believe that God is holding out on you, that there's something that he does not want you to have until you perform and to be able to do that. But the tree of life says something totally different. The tree of life says through Jesus, I have everything I need to experience the life God always intended for me to have. That right now, I don't lack a thing. 
Now, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil says, I have to keep getting God's approval. Not only do I have to get God's approval, I have to keep getting God's approval. And here's why. Because deep down, there's a part of you that you think that God is always mad at you. And so you view God as an angry God. And by the way, your view of God will always determine your relationship with God. And that's why it's so important to have the correct view of who God is. And maybe you approach God and you feel like God is always mad at you, that he's always frustrated with you, that there's always this layer of disappointment that God has with you, especially when you mess up and you make mistakes. But when you're in the tree of life, it says something totally different. The tree of life says, I already have God's approval. Like, I don't need to gain it because I've got it. Now, does he approve of everything you do? Of course not. But he can approve of you without approving your behavior. And every parent in the room knows this. Just like a parent. I've got two kids, two little consequences of passion. <laughs> I've got two boys. And sometimes they act crazy. Like sometimes I'm like, why? <laughs> Out of all, why? Like why? We have talked about this a million times. Why did you do that? And so when they act crazy, guys, I don't approve of their behavior, but I always approve of them. Why? Because they're my sons. And I love them. And the truth is, there is nothing that they can do that can ever change that. And if I'm that way as a father, in all my jacked up ways, how much better is God at that as our heavenly father? I love this in Romans chapter five, verse eight. It says, but God, you wanna know our heavenly father? He demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, not while we made all the right decisions, not while we were checking all the right spiritual boxes, not while we behaved the right way. No, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why, what motivated that? Because he loves us. And the truth is there's nothing that you can do to change that. Listen, God, right now, there's nothing that you can do to make him love you less and there is nothing that you can do right now to make him love you more. He loves you. You already have God's approval. Another kind of indicator is that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil says my relationship with God is actually based on my performance. So when I'm performing good, when I'm being a good Christian, then my relationship with God is good. But when I'm performing bad, when I'm making wrong choices, my relationship with God is bad. So really my relationship with God isn't dependent upon God. It actually depends on my behavior and on my performance. But the tree of life says something totally different. The tree of life says that my relationship with God is not based on my performance, it's based on my position. If you wanna know what my position is and what your position is, is that no matter how old you are, no matter where you are in your spiritual 
journey with God, let me tell you who you are, who is the first part, like the first part of all the identities that we have. Let me tell you what's first on the list is that you, like the gentlemen that are in this room, you are a son of the most high God. And the ladies that are in here, you are a daughter of the most high God. That is who you are. And when you're in the tree of, of life, it's my relationship with God. Man, it's based on that position. A few more. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil says, what I experience in life is a direct reflection of my performance. And guys, this is a huge one. This is a very important one, especially in today's culture, because I see this all the time. Is that, okay, what I experience right now in my life, oh, that's a direct reflection of my performance, how I act. And this is where deep down you believe that when you are doing the right things, when you're checking off all the spiritual boxes, when you're being a good little Christian, when you're making the right decisions, when you're faithfully living for God, then God should reward you with good things and that God should protect you from bad things. It really, honestly, it is taking a karma cultural approach towards God. Where I do this, God, I'm gonna play my part. I'm gonna do this thing. And my motivation for doing this thing is so that you will do this. So that you will protect me, so that I won't get sick, so that my loved ones won't suffer, so I'll get the job, so I'll get the promotion. So I'm gonna do all these things for you so that you would do all these things for me. And I've been a pastor now, I've been a full, like full-time, doing this full-time with my life for 20 years. This is year 20 for me. And as a pastor, I've seen so many people over the last 20 years have this approach with God and it takes them out. Because I've seen people like get so excited and decide I'm gonna live for God and I'm gonna do all the right things and I'm gonna do the church thing, and I'm gonna go to church, and I'm gonna read my Bible, and I'm gonna get in a group, and I'm gonna serve on the dream team. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna tithe, I'm gonna do the growth track thing. I'm gonna do all these things thinking, motivated by the fact that when I do those things, it earns me a problem-free life. And then, the very first time that they experience something hard, when they go through a crisis, when someone they love gets diagnosed with cancer or tragically passes away, when they experience heartbreak or major financial stress, when they don't get the job, the result of that is they, they give up on God and they'll say stuff like this church stuff doesn't even work. They walk away, not just from the church, but walk away from God. And here's what I want you to get. What took them out, it wasn't what they went through. What took them out was being in the wrong tree because they thought that what they experienced in life was a direct reflection of their performance. But the tree of life says something totally different. The tree of life says what I experience in life is a direct reflection of my hope in Jesus. Because Jesus himself, in John chapter 16, verse 33, says, in this world, you will have trouble. So if you have that first mindset, good luck when that happens. Jesus promises it. That's not my favorite promise in the Bible. I don't print that out and put it on my fridge. <laughs> That's not the tattoo any of us get. Life's gonna be hard. But in this world, 
You will have trouble. But here's the hope. Jesus says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So that means I'm going to live for God no matter what my life circumstances may be. Why? Because no matter what I experience in this broken world, Jesus has already overcome it all. So throw whatever my way, world. Throw whatever my way because I know at the end of the day, Jesus still wins. So no matter what happens in my life, I can rest in the fact that he is in control. I know that he has a plan. I know that he works all things according to my good. I know that he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. And that at the end of the day, when this life is over, when this physical heart stops beating, I'm going to heaven, which means I can always have hope. That's what the tree of life says. When you're in that tree, that's how you approach life. Is this helping anybody today? Okay, a few more, two more. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil says, focus on the external. Like, focus on everything that's on the outside. Make sure that you're always taking care of your image. Make sure that people think that everything is right. Like, change outside first, and then that will eventually change your inside. But the tree of life says focus on the internal. Don't focus so much on what's happening on the outside, but what's really happening on the inside. Believing that when I change on the inside, it'll change the outside. Last one, that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil says, I obey because I have to. Like doing all this stuff for God, like when I come to church and I listen to you preach and you say I gotta do this, and this, and this, man, that seems like a, a huge obligation. I have to do all those things, but the tree of life says, no, I obey because I want to. Like, I don't do all the things for God. I don't go to church, read my Bible, pray, serve, give, because I have to. I do all that because I want to. And by the way, this is how we try to lead our church. If you've been hanging out around here, we don't, like, we don't like guilt you into serving, guilt you into giving. You better give. You better do it. God's going to be sticking mad at you if you don't start serving around here once you contribute. We don't do that. We try to make it so appealing. You don't have to do it. Pray about it. Do whatever God tells you to do. Because I would rather have people that want to do it than have to do it. Why? Because we want to lead our church in the tree of life. And we obey because we want to. And I do all that. I do all that stuff. Because it's like what 1 John 5.3 says, that his commands, they're not burdensome. Like they're not a burden, they're a blessing. Now, let me, let me share one more verse and then we're gonna respond. We're actually gonna take our time and, 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 and we're going back to our extended response time today. I can't wait. Uh, but I wanna share one more verse with you. And it's... John chapter 14, verse 15, simple, seven words. If you love me, obey my commandments. Now, here's what's so interesting about this one verse, these seven words. You can actually read this verse from both trees. So here's what this verse sounds like 
when you are operating out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want you to picture Jesus saying this with a stern look on his face, with his eyebrows furrowed, with him looking at you like he's mad at you. And this is what it sounds like in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where he sternly says, if you love me, you better obey my commandments. Like, you better do what I tell you to do. If you love me, prove it by how you live your life. Like, don't, don't even tell me that you love me if you're not obeying me. That's what it sounds like in that tree. But here's what that same exact verse sounds like in the tree of life. And I want you to picture Jesus looking at you and he's making great eye contact with you and he's smiling from ear to ear. And his eyebrows aren't down, his face looks bright. And he says, smiling, guys, if you just love me, you'll obey me. And if you just focus on loving me, Obedience will be easy. Like if you just, just love me, and you know that obedience thing? That'll just be a byproduct out of you loving me. So let me ask you a question that changed my life the first time somebody asked me. What side of the comma are you living on right now? In your life right now, are you living on the love side or are you living on the obedient side? Are you living on the tree of life side or are you living on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil side? Because the truth is, there's a time in my life where I struggled with living for God. And, and I struggled with doing the right thing. Like following Jesus always felt uphill. And one of the reasons why is because I was operating out of the wrong tree. And the truth is, there's, there's even a lot of churches, like no throwing shade, I grew up in one that always taught out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that was so ingrained into who I was as a follower of Jesus. And it's this teaching that literally opened up my eyes. And so if you've ever struggled with living for God, if it's ever felt uphill, if living God's way seemed so much worse and so much harder than living the way that you just wanna live your life, can I just encourage you before we respond? Let me just encourage you with this. If that's you, if it's been hard, if maybe you've wanted to give up, maybe before in the past you have. It's taken everything inside of you just to, all right, I'll give it a go again. If that's you, let me just encourage you with this. Focus on loving God more rather than obeying more. Like focus on falling more in love with God over just, I'm trying to obey everything. Because here's what I've discovered. It's way easier to obey when you love God. It's way easier to obey God whenever you love God. 
So put that full list back up there. Let's see this one more time. This shows what it looks like to live in these two trees. On one side, this is what it looks like to approach God in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then the other side is what it looks like to approach God from the tree of life. And so as we end today, let me ask you a very simple question that I asked at the very beginning. How are you going to approach God? Are you gonna approach God through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Or are you gonna approach God through the tree of life? Because how you answer this question affects everything, including your freedom. Because if you approach God from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, listen, you'll never experience true lasting freedom. But if you approach God through the tree of life, here's the best news I can give you before we respond. You can be truly free. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.